you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the passage I already read from Colossians chapter 3. And some of you that were around a couple of months ago, this isn't the passage we use, but you may go, this title seems familiar. I don't mean that it's time. That's going to be familiar for the year. I mean the second part, that it's time to be thankful. Because the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I preached a message that was spurred by this series we're in now. And I kind of said, this is the sneak preview. The title of the message was, it's time to give praise and thanksgiving. You go, well, it's only been two months. You're doing another thing on thankfulness? Yep. Because I think for a bunch of us, all of our thankfulness leaked out through the holidays. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Okay. Now, the other thing is, I think we got more than one sermon's worth of things to be thankful for. I don't think if we did this every Sunday for a year about Thanksgiving, we would cover everything that we have to be thankful for. So this morning, it's that reminder that it's time to be thankful Not just to give thanks, not just to say thank you, but to give thanks in our life, to be thankful. There's a difference between saying something and being something. There's a difference between what we believe and what we live too many times. We say, I'm thankful, but the question is, are you living thankfully? Is your daily routine, your daily words, your daily habits, your daily actions and thoughts, and here's one, attitudes, do they reflect that you are thankful? Look again with me at these three verses. This is Paul's letter to the Colossians, that simply the believers, the followers of Christ who lived in a place called Colossae. So this letter was addressed to them and they were known as the Colossians. This is in the middle of the letter or a little past the middle. Chapter 3, beginning of verse 15. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's time to be thankful. And these three verses give us some wonderful things to be thankful for. And we take a look at this beginning in verse 15. We're to be thankful for Christ's peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. The peace of Christ. The peace of Christ is not just the absence of war. I mean, have you ever walked into a room and went, 
uh-oh. It is anything but peaceful in this room, but there may have been no fist flying or even words, but you could just feel it was anything but peaceful. And yet we're called, admonished, commanded to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Now, the first thing I think of when I look at that is, is that true for me? Not always. <laughs> and not this last week. I hate when God does this to me. Preparing a message and then go, well, this is just about me. But you're going to hear it since I had to hear it. But I'm going to guess that some of you had to say the same thing I did, that not always am I at peace, let alone having the peace of Christ ruling in my life. But that's what we're called to. And we're to be thankful for his peace. So the first thing I have to remember, it's possible to live in peace. And you know what? It's possible to live in peace in the midst of turmoil. Because we can be at peace. Even in disturbing times. In a Wednesday night group that's looking at um, making and making good habits, breaking bad habits. It's, it's been a fun study. I, if you haven't been a part of that, you can still jump in Wednesday night, 6.30 in the Hatton Center. One of the things looking at that is making these habits, and I assumed a couple of things headed into that study that I needed to work on, and I was right. But everything I've been doing since we started that study is like, yeah, you might want to work on this. So much so that I wish I wasn't studying sometimes. Because I really hadn't thought about having a habit of thankfulness. And I certainly wasn't thinking about having a habit of peace. And yet it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Christ's peace, it is a must. If you're going to live in peace, it must rule in your heart. In other words, peace should be what dominates your heart. You go, well, I thought love was supposed to. It is. In fact, you read the verses right above this, especially verse 14, ahead of what we read, it talks about above all these things, put on love. Without love, it's tough to be at peace. But I've also found that it's easier to love when I'm at peace. This peace of Christ must rule in our hearts. And it can only happen if you put on the love of Christ. Verse 14 says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That 
The love of Christ is what holds it together. Then I can let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. But it led me to the disturbing question. The question isn't disturbing. The answer is, is Christ's peace ruling in my heart? What's ruling your heart? What's ruling what you do and think and say? What's ruling your attitude? I know, you're already muttering this to yourself. I wish he'd quit mentioning attitude. Well, the Lord kept saying it to me this week, so you're going to hear it now. What's ruling there? Is it peaceful? And I'm not talking about being calm. I've seen a lot of calm people that are not at peace. I've seen a lot of hyper people that are. I don't care your demeanor. I care what's ruling in your life and in your heart. And we're told it's time to be thankful. Because at the end of verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I'm to be thankful that I can have peace in my heart. I'm to be thankful that the peace comes through Christ. But I can't forget this. If Christ's peace rules in our heart, then we can be one body. Does that make you think that our country could stand a little more peace? Our problem is we keep saying they need it. Well, we need it. And then maybe they'll get it. Lord, we need this and let it begin in me. The peace of Christ, to be thankful. I am so thankful that it's possible. I am so thankful that Christ has provided peace that I can live in. And if we'll live that way, bound together by his love, we can be one body. Not all the same, not even agreeing on everything, ask any married couple. But we can still choose to be one body in unity of spirit and purpose. That's what's called community. In community together, I forget how many times it is, but it's a whole bunch of times, especially in the New Testament, we are called to be one another. There's a whole bunch of one another's in there, meaning we're to do this together, even if we're not physically together. So if you're tuning in at home, you don't get left out of this. One body. And that can only take place if his peace is ruling in our hearts. And verse 16 then says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you're not already, you need to be thankful for God's word. This living, breathing word. If you've been around here, you know every year I encourage and urge you, be in the word. We give you reading plans that are, are a way that 
If you so desire, you can plan and read through the Bible in a year. I really don't care if you read through it in the year. I just care that you read it. A verse a day, a chapter a day, whatever. Just be in it. Because I know it changes lives because it changed mine. Even as a pastor, for a while, all I was doing was reading the Bible to make a lesson or a message. And the Lord convicted me of that. See, I made that excuse. Well, I'm in it every day because I'm studying. Yeah, but are you reading it? Letting it enter you and saturate you. You know what I've discovered? The more I've read it, the more I want to read it. Oh, are there parts that I go, yeah. The end of Exodus when it's giving me all the details of the tabernacle and how long the curtains were and, and uh, exactly what kind of material to use and stuff. And yet, this week when I was reading some of that, I was going, man, God cares even about the smallest things. So if he cares even about that stuff, how much does he care about me? I mean, we're told in scripture that he even knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And some of you make that a lot more difficult than some of the rest of us. If he cares about those things, how much does he care about you? A whole bunch. More than we can possibly imagine or express. We need to be thankful for God's word. And then we need to have it dwell. That's the word used. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. A dwelling is where someone lives. They take up residence. I don't care about the address because you can have a P.O. box for an address, but you don't dwell there because you wouldn't fit in that thing. To dwell is where we live. So you can read this and say, let the word of Christ be living in you and you living in it. I have been more aware this year than any other year. Yes, I know it's just day 29. But in reading and seeing stuff and going, I don't remember that. And it's not just because I have a poor memory. But it's like, this is new and alive. And part of it is because I'm going through different stuff now than I did when I've read it in the past. And so are you. God's word is alive. It speaks to you now what you're going through today. I read the Bible a lot different now than I did when I was younger. I see different things. Different things that God is speaking to me about. And if you'll be in the word, let it take up residence and live in you. Then you're going to be even more thankful for God's word. Thankful that I can go to this and find answers. Thankful that I can go to it and find encouragement. And I'm learning to be thankful that I can go to it 
and be confronted by stuff in my life. Because I need that. Be thankful for the word of God. Let it dwell in you. Because what dwells in you guides what rules your heart. So if you are in the word, then the word can be there. And then the peace of Christ can rule in your heart. It goes together. All your teaching, all your wisdom, all your discipline, and all your worship should come from the word. All of it. But that can't happen unless you're in it. That can't happen unless it's in you. To be thankful for something that alive. To be thankful for something that's that personal. You need to stick your own name in a whole bunch of those places. Jody talks about that in her own devotional reading life. So often that she's reading that and she just puts her name in there. Because it's a personal word. Try it. Don't just read John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Read, for God so loved Dennis. For God so loved you. Because he would have done that just for you. Satan tells you something different, but he's a liar. If you're in the word, you know he's a liar. And if you're in the word, you recognize his lies a lot more easily. It's a lot Harder for him to fool us if we know what the truth is. Be in the word. Recognize it as true. You've heard it many times. Let me say it again. Bank tellers are taught to recognize counterfeit money by never studying counterfeit money. They only study the real thing. And become so familiar with how it feels and how it looks. That when something that isn't right comes before them, they see it or touch it. They immediately go, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't look right. Why? Because they know the real thing. So the more you know the word, the real thing the more you can recognize all the other junk that comes across our senses every day and go, nope, don't need to hold on to that because that's not true. But it can only happen if we're in the word. And how thankful should we be for something that has the power of God's word? Verse 17. It says, And whatever you do in word or deed, everything, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are to be thankful for everything because God has provided everything we have. We didn't provide any of it. You said, hey, I worked hard for that paycheck and God gave you the ability to do that. You didn't create yourself. You didn't give yourself the skills, thoughts, and abilities that you have. God did. That's why giving 
It is not, we're not really giving back to God. We're not giving of what we have. We're giving of what he's already given us. And to not do it is kind of like telling when you were a kid and got an allowance and telling your dad, no, you, this isn't yours. And he's going, listen, kid, I gave you that money and I can take it if I want. Now, God doesn't treat us that way. Maybe he should. (laughs) Giving of our abilities. Ah, I've done my time. They can get somebody else to serve. Really? Nowhere in Bible, if you're in the Bible, nowhere in there does it say to retire from serving God and other people. Bang. Nowhere in there does it say to stop ministering or giving. God's word and everything that we have is provided by God. We didn't create it. You see, it's all from him and therefore it all belongs to him, including us. Baby dedications are one of the favorite things I ever do in ministry. I love baby and child dedications. To remind parents and for all of us to be reminded the gift of life, but also that this child given by God, how can I try to keep him for myself? So when parents who are trying to follow Christ and trying to follow him in their parenting say, Lord, your will in their life, not my desires. Now that might mean if they're following what God wants, you live a long way away from them. And while I wish we didn't, I wouldn't have it any other way because they're doing what God wants them to do. It all belongs to him. And when we can be thankful for everything we have, recognizing he has provided everything. If I'm thankful for everything, then I will have a life of thanksgiving. I've told, Jody tells it better than I do, but we've told you some of you when our, when our son was young and, and, you know, take turns praying. Didn't you love Demarcus's prayer? And you liked it because it's a lot shorter than my prayers. But I love his prayer about, Lord, thanks for the stuff we have. Our son prayed for every stinking thing on the table. The fork, the knife, the spoon, the salt, the pepper. So we didn't put everything on the table till after he prayed. So the prayer wouldn't last too long. But you know what? He had it right. DeMarcus has it right. We can thank him for everything because it's all from him. And this is my conclusion and why I'm doing another message on being thankful. It's time to intentionally give thanks. It's time to intentionally remember to give thanks. It's time to intentionally live a thankful 
life. Imagine the looks you would get and people say, how you doing? Thankful. They may say, thankful for what? Well, how long you got? (laughs) To be thankful. To live that way. So I've got some suggestions, a, a plan that you can follow to be more thankful, to live more thankfully. You heard the ladies say it, and they're having a breakfast all about it coming up soon. I encourage you to keep a thanksgiving or grateful journal. You go, I don't have a journal. Find a piece of paper. Turn over a napkin, one you haven't used, and write on it. This is something I'm challenging myself to do. I've never done this, but I've been reading so much about it from others who I admire and respect who talked about it and said how at the end of the year, they always go through their journal. The book Jody mentioned of her sister-in-law Jody told her one time, just a few years ago, and said, I want to make my claim on something of yours when you die. (laughs) Great way to start a conversation. And she said, I want, and she named the devotional book. She goes, she said, why? Because we would always look at that when we come to your house and see the things you've written and just marvel at what God's done. And she said, well, you don't have to wait till I die and gave it to us. <laughs> I loved looking through that. Our names were in there with dates. And on some of them, I could remember what was going on on that date and went, wow. She was lifting us up in prayer and thanks to God and praying on our behalf through that situation. That meant a lot. Now that she's gone, it means even more. Keep a journal. Keep some record on your phone, on the computer. Write it out by hand that just is, here's what I have to be thankful for. Lord, thanks you kept me from that accident. Thanks that I survived that. Thanks that I didn't get that job, but did get this job. Thanks that whatever. Thanks that I'm still fogging the mirror today. Secondly, Express that thanks to God and others. Express that thanks to God in your worship, in your prayers, in reminders and thoughts. But make sure you express thanks to others. I don't do this well enough. To give thanks to some people currently as well as from your past who've had an influence and an impact on you just to let them know Third, (laughs) some of you really need to work on this one. Be a Thanksgiving hunter. You don't need a gun or a permit for this. In other words, start looking and hunting for things for which to give thanks. Because some of you have already turned this off because you're going, I I got two or three things, that's it. No, 
You've got all kinds of things to be thankful for. Start looking for them. Because what you look for, you find. If you're looking for something to complain about, you're going to find a whole bunch. Obviously not here, but in other places. But if you're looking for things for which to give thanks, you're going to start seeing them. Become a Thanksgiving hunter and express it. And then lastly, display what you find. When you find things to be thankful for, show it. Let me ask you, what are you intentional about right now? What's intentional in your life on a daily basis? How thankful are you? If we asked you the question and you rated yourself from 1 to 10, where would you be as a thankful person? But then let me ask a follow-up question. You may want to go back and change your number. Do others know how thankful you are? Because if they don't, I'm not sure how thankful you are. Because a life of thanksgiving is seen and heard. Our life should display thanksgiving to a God who gave his life for us. Our life should display thanksgiving to others who have impacted, influenced, helped, protected, cared for us. What if you and I What if those of us that are here this morning or listening online chose to become thankful and started displaying it? What would change? We could change our part of the world. And then when we bump into each other, we change a little bit bigger part of it. And on it goes. I challenge you. It's time to be thankful. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the children leading the way today in service. How awesome to watch them greeting and serving, especially helping to serve communion. Lord, I thank you for them. Thank you for the ministry among our kids. I thank you for all that are here and tuning in online today. I thank you most of all, Lord, for your love for us. Oh, Lord, guide me to become more thankful intentionally to show it to others because you are worthy of our thanks and our praise. Guide us this week as we sharpen our hunting skills for thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.